Hello. Thank you so much for joining us again. We're back with another episode of Think Like a Leader. This is Electri International's way of bringing the leaders on the contractor side, industry partner side, and equally important chapter executive side to give you their thoughts and ideas on what it takes to be a leader in the electrical construction industry. So this morning, we're meeting with Mike Gilchrist. Mike is the chapter executive for the Northeast Line Constructors chapter. He has been with that chapter for a total of 18 years as chapter manager, 10 years as assistant chapter manager. And in between that, he spent five years with the Long Island chapter. So he has a wealth of experience with both line contracting and the inside world. So good morning, Mike. Thank you for being with us. Give our audience a snapshot view of Northeastern Line. And are there certain highlights that make the chapter unique? Uh, good morning, Caroline. Thank you. And thank you very much for having me here this morning. Um, yeah, so uh, Northeast Line, uh, we covered 10 states in the Northeast from um, Delaware up through Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. Uh, we currently have about 54. We have 54 members. Uh, we do all aspects of outside line construction work, you know, overhead, underground, transmission, distribution, substations, traffic signal, highway lighting. Um, you know, we perform this mostly for utility companies, but um, we do do some commercial properties and we work for federal governments on the lighting side of it, you know, and municipalities and townships, stuff like that. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're a busy chapter. Um, we have... Um, one outside apprenticeship program that covers all 10 states with the nine local unions that we have in our jurisdiction. We have seven um, outside OSHA or safety committees that provide enhanced safety uh, education and training to all our members. Um, and um, some of the highlights that may make us unique is that maybe five or six years ago, we hired a full-time uh, safety consultant who goes out and visits uh, job sites and points out, um, you know, he doesn't stop the jobs, but he may, you know, point out things that may be wrong. You know, that pole may not have enough cover up or rubber protection on there. So he brings that to uh, supervision's attention. They, they then stop the job and, 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 and fix that, that may be um, inadequate at that time. Um, also around that same time, maybe five, six years ago, we started a line construction advancement fund which we funded and that helps us um, um, create training online programs um, and, and various textbooks that we use with the ETA to make sure our workers and our contractors are you know, trained in, 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 in line work. Now, are the other NECA line chapters following suit and doing this? Or is your chapter still unique in, pro in providing those two services that you just gave us as an example? Uh, I believe we're the only ones that provide in the uh, Line Construction Advancement Fund or LCAF. Okay. Um, and we're, I believe we're the only one that has a full-time safety consultant um, with the chapter. Uh, I know, so, and, and again, uh, Northeast being a little bit different, we do have those seven safety directors. Uh, I know other line chapters across the country have safety funds, but I'm not sure they have the same degree of uh, safety funds and training that the Northeast has. 
But you would recommend doing that as a way of leading a chapter. Is that correct? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> the safety funds are invaluable. We, and uh, we recently built uh, transmission towers uh, at virtually all of our outside training centers, uh, which are mostly owned by the, the safety funds. And we've recently, through our apprenticeship and training, uh, made them all energized. So it's even a, even a more enhancement for the for the workers out there that they're now working in a somewhat of an energized condition uh, to you know complete their training. How would you compare leading a chapter composed of outside line contractors as opposed to those who are working in chapters where the membership is focused on the interiors, the inside folks, as you would call them? What's the differences? So for the most part, so I think uh, the difference is that Northeast Line, we, we have 10 states and nine local unions. So at any given day, me as the manager, I could be in Philadelphia one day and Boston the next. How I get there, where I stay, who I meet with is kind of on my own schedule. Uh, technically, some of the members that may be in Boston you know, may not necessarily care what I do down in Philadelphia. If there's a grievance or something that needs to be resolved, the guys in Boston may not care all that much about it. We report on it and let them know what's going on. However, how the chapter handles that and resolves that is kind of on the chapter manager and the assistant manager, Jessica O'Neill, um, how that gets resolved with the, ch with the chapter members from that area. The Boston guys may be dealing with a different uh, type situation and, you know, we report on it, makes everyone aware, make everyone aware of what's going on. But, um, you know, so you have a freedom of, of kind of more um, setting your own schedule. You, we don't have monthly meetings. We only meet twice a year and fill the members in. Again, we're, we're, the contractors are busy running their businesses and they kind of just say, you know, Mike, here, you take care of that and let us know how it turns out. So would you say that there's more opportunity really to be a leader and to expand your leadership role and your leadership responsibilities by being attached to a line contractor's chapter rather than an inside? And I think every, every chapter is probably run differently. However, I, I do believe the line managers are given a little more, say, uh, freedom to lead uh, their chapter because, again, um, some of us have been around for a while, as you pointed out at the beginning, and that we know the history. We know, we know what's happened in each uh, area or each local union that we're dealing with. You know, there's nine of them. So uh, when we sit down, they'll say, Mike, what happened back in, you know, in, in local 126, you know, in, in 1984 or 19, say, 94. And I say, oh, you know, what happened there was this. So they're relying on my knowledge and history of, of, of um, um, what's happened there and it leads me to lead them saying, and again, you got to remember you have 54 uh, contractors all running their own businesses. Now, when it comes to the chapter, they give me more leeway to say, Mike, you run the chapter, we're going to run our business. So a minute ago, you told us that when you're dealing with an issue, not necessarily a problem, but an issue in Philadelphia, that that might not mean a whole lot to somebody in Boston or Ohio or Delaware or wherever. So how do you get members of your chapter to be engaged or are they not engaged? Do they just see it as another part, like a department of their business 
where you're helping them to run the business, but they don't care about being engaged. Well, again, depending on the area that you're in, they they like to be involved. Uh, they want to be involved. Uh, they they everyone in the line industry wants to give back to the industry. So, if there, if if, a, if an issue or we need a meeting to discuss something in a certain area, yeah, the contractors will volunteer uh, to be there. Um, so, for instance, this year uh, in 2021, we will have negotiations with uh, five five of our nine local unions. So uh, the chapter sent out a letter asking all the members who would like to participate in uh, upstate New York's negotiations, who wants to participate down in New Jersey, who wants to participate in New England. So we get the feedback from all of them. They all want to be part of the negotiations and, you know, they all sit on the safety funds and, and the, the health committees and, and the pension committees. They all give their time and, and, and to that. But I think they do look for the chapter manager to say, so, Mike, what, what, what should we do here? Or what, as you as a manager, Mike, what, what, what do you think is the right step for us to take here? So they do look for the manager to, to be that leadership person. Throughout 2020, the two major issues that everybody was facing were the health issue and the economy. Did you have to adjust your leadership style or approach to the chapter in order to best deal with either or both of those issues? Well, again, it was all a time factor, Carolyn, because we, we could not travel, right? And right. The, a big part of the outside line divisions has always been travel, always kind of out on the road three, four days a week um, at any given time. So now, um, you know, had to, had to stay kind of in place, whether in the office a day or two or at home, now you're, you're conducting health meetings and chapter meetings and, and negotiations, um, you know, through the internet or, or on the phone. So uh, it became difficult uh, to do that, but, you know, we were able to, we had two large locals that we negotiated in 2020 uh, settlements that, you know, the contractors were, were uh, happy with, so. Did you take particular steps that you feel are important for 2021 that you'd like to tell other chapter executives about? Again, through our LCAF and, and apprenticeship, you know, online training is the, what we're developing. We kind of, we were heading, the, again, with the line division, we're spread out anyway. So if we can get people, uh, we work with National NECA for the um, uh, formanship training program that we developed. Getting more people online involved that way is, is especially in the line division, because we are uh, spread out and it's hard to get people um, uh, to a classroom. And in the nature of line work right now, we're all busy. Northeast line uh, is extremely busy. Uh, as far as I know, the other six chapters across outside line chapters across the country are ve very busy too. We have a shortage of, of linemen uh, to go to work. So, um, you know, we, it's hard to take them out of the field, but if we can at night give them some training uh, through the computers and stuff, I think that's kind of the, uh, the way we're going. Northeast Line has invested $300,000 plus in Electric International. Do you believe you're getting a good return on that investment for your members? I do. So um, if you look at $300,000, it sounds like a lot, but in the long run, it's not. You know, it, it's for the education for the future, the program, the studies that are being done for the future of the line industry. So, yeah, it may sound like a lot, but what you get back in the long run over the years, um, no, it's, 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 it's not a whole lot of money.
but is there a whole lot of product that helps your members? Are you getting good results from the work that Electri is doing? I believe we are. You know, the, the, okay. the ones that come to my mind are, is the drone study that was done uh, a couple of years ago. And believe it or not, one of the biggest studies we learned was the, the grounding study that was done. Um, and through the different types of terrain of, of, of grounding that was uh, across the country, you know, we have rock up in, up in the northeast part of uh, our jurisdiction in Maine, New Hampshire. And then we have Long Island, which has sand terrain. So the grounding study of how things were going to be performed there, uh, the conclusion was that it, it's hard to determine one set of how to, how to ground something, which was a great result that you have to learn to different areas have different way to ground uh, uh, the lines. Now, for 2021 and 2022, one of your members, Michael Parks from O'Connell Electric, is chairing the Electric Council, and that's fantastic, and he's very involved, and we're lucky to have his time and expertise. But how do you get other members in your chapter to engage with Electric International? Are they interested in doing that at all? Well, um, O'Connell Electric is a, you know, a, a great example. For one, uh, Walter Parks, um, was one of the first ones to join the Electric 21 at that time. And, and, and at that time, a lot of people, he put his money up and a lot of people were skeptical of putting up the money and then how much return they were going to get. It was the money going to be worth. Uh, and Walter convinced them that, you know, it is worth their time. Look, you, ha you have input. You can put, put ideas out there that will get studied. Um, I, I believe that um, Electric has a number of outside qualified people that put their ideas forward and, 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 and really put in an effort into getting, see those studies done. So I, I have my faith in those people that go to those meetings, um, you know, when, whenever they're held and, and, and put their ideas out there. And I, I have faith that, you know, they'll get those done. As you think about Electric International moving forward, you'd say to me, you know, Carolyn, they've done a lot, but I really hope that in the next couple of years, they take a close look at. Um, that's a good, good point. I, I don't know if I have a, a, a good question like that answer to that. Cause you know, we do a lot of training within ourselves too in the last five years. So um, everything that's come out of electric has been outstanding. Um, but. Um, do you have workforce issues? Do your members have difficulty finding people or are there a lot of people who want to go into the line side of the electrical contracting business? We do have people who are interested in the line industry. We, we currently have close to 1,200 uh, applicants waiting to get into our apprenticeship. We have over 1,000 apprentices in our 10 states. Uh, what we don't have enough of is qualified journeymen to give the apprentices to. So for us to attract people, um, you know, it's hard for me to go and say, hey, I, I need to take people from Missouri Valley because they need them there too, or, or from Western Line or Northwest or, or the Southeast. They, they have the manning issues there too. So we just can't take their journeymen to come up here to train or work with our apprentices. We have people interested in the trade. The trade. Uh, it's just a matter of, um, you know, getting them out there and with qualified people to help them train. The, the manpower shortage on the lineman side is an issue. Getting a, other areas, I know, Carolyn, have problems getting a, apprentices. We have people, we're interviewing uh, 40, uh, 40 people over two days. 
uh, at, at each sub, we have seven subcommittees and they're, they're interviewing over two days to try to get people on the list to get on the list is the reason why we have over 1200. Why do you think that is? Why is your area doing so well in attracting applicants? Uh, different requirements. Uh, we, we, we do take an aptitude test where others don't and we'll take uh, anyone who scores a three out of nine uh, other places have uh, CDL requirements. They have to have an A license where we, we let you say, you know, you have to have a permit as opposed to a full license. So we attract, you know, people um, differently than the other groups do. What is the one piece of advice, something you've learned in the course of your career that you would like to share with other chapter executives? What's the one thing that you as a leader think might really help them to be a better leader. Uh, I have two um, ideas okay. really on that. Um, my mentor told me that, that uh, try to leave the industry better than the way you began it. So, and I think Northeast Line has taken that step. You know, uh, financially, we were able to add the programs that, that we, we, we discussed earlier. So, um, and I think that's an enhancement to making our contractors more uh, profitable, more competitive, uh, better equipped, better trained people. I think that leads to a, a, a better industry. And I think the Northeast line contractors have tried to take that step. And the only other thing I would say is that uh, someone told me, keep your head down and swing through the ball. So with in life, like in golf, keep your head down, work as hard as you can, and, and you'll see the results at the end. Because so, if you don't swing, it'll never get anywhere. That's true. That is true. Well, Mike, I've gone through all the questions that I have. Is there any last words you'd like to add for this? And if not, that's fine too. But we really do appreciate your time. No, well, thank you very much. You know, we, uh, you know, again, with, with, with Walter Parks getting in on somewhat the ground floor, I'll call it back years and years ago, uh, you know, Northeast Line has appreciated all the studies that have come out of Electri and, and you know, we, we, we do send them to our members to make sure they're aware of them. And we, we thank uh, everyone at Electri for all the hard work that they've done over these years and appreciate uh, everything that's come out of Electri. So thank you uh, for that. Thank you again. And thanks to our audience for watching. We hope you've learned a little bit about this. We hope you'll share this interview with your staff. If you are a contractor, share it with your chapter manager. If you're a chapter executive, share it with your contractor members. And also you can use it to encourage new members into your chapters. So it's, we're, we really like this program and we thank you for joining us today.